The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome back to our loving-kindness class. And uh, since people are still coming in, it might be nice to uh, see if you have any questions based on what we talked about last week, or or even better, if some of you have tried the practice at home during the week, um, what your experiences have been like, or results have been like, or nice to hear a little bit from you before I start. You wait for the mic. I'm not sure about the benefactor per person. So I, I chose somebody and then I felt terribly guilty that I hadn't chosen somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm finding that I'm torn between spending a week on one person and giving them their full due and spreading it out among several others. Yeah. Do you have any wisdom to shed on this? Well, uh, and one, of the, one of the things always in uh, this kind of practice is um, to realize that the, the practice we're doing is flushing out fl- uh, uh, our, uh, the ways our minds make things more complicated than they need to be. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you, know, or, you know, some people do loving kindness and they get angry. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but uh, it, the pra- practice will highlight some of the innate, not innate, but some of the deeper tendencies that our minds are operating on. And some of our ways are, you know, self-knowledge is seldom good news. <laughs> and, so, and so we get to learn about ourselves, how we operate, what our values are, what our tendencies are. And so, for example, some people who do loving-kindness practice uh, will do it for a while and do it, and then they, they listen to the tone of voice in which they're saying, may you be kind. And the tone of voice is really harsh. <laughs> like, you better be kind. And, and what it shows them, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't make any... It shows them, oh, I think I have it. There's a, there's a harsh critic inside of me. I didn't know it was always there. So for you, you have something about fairness, perhaps, or some, some kind of issue which is very strong for you. It sounds like a beautiful quality in part, but it probably, probably it's misplaced or misunderstood or operates more powerfully in your life than really serves you. And so having it come out here in this practice is actually a beneficial thing because then you can question that and look and try to understand what's going on. So don't bother with saying, I'm doing the practice wrong. Just say, great, now I have a chance to look at something about myself. And so maybe in, during the you know, outside of meditation, you spend time reflecting on this, talking about it and exploring what this all means. So, uh, and maybe you'll find some deeper insight about yourself and how you operate that, can help you kind of free yourself from the burden of that kind of thinking. Um, so, so that's just a good thing. Now, now to take a whole to take a whole other atta- other tack on this is uh, I think it's helpful. Uh, many people find it helpful in doing loving kindness practice to um, consider it pretty much a private practice that you're kind of just doing it for your own sake, and no one has to know about it, and you do it. The idea is to do something that's beneficial for you as a meditation practice. And so do it in a way that is beneficial for you uh, without concern with um, you know, who the people are. Or they don't have to know. No one has to know. I mean, now you've told everyone. But, <laughs> but no one needs to know. And, um, and if, um, 
And the idea is to choose the, the, the people for whom it's easiest for. Now, if for you, the easiest is to do the whole gang, then you could creatively just imagine, um, you know, a living room filled with all your friends. And, and rather than say you to an individual, say, may all of you be happy. If, that, if, if it becomes... This, so ra- rather than working through your, your difficulty with this issue, you, because uh, loving kindness is also about just finding some way to feel kind. And so you could work through the issue and free yourself from something, or you could just say, well, you know, I just have this issue or unfairness. So given that, I'm just going to imagine all of them. And uh, Gil said to just do an individual, but that didn't work so well for me, so I'll just do the whole group. There's no uh, uh, shoulds or obligation in doing loving-kindness practice. It's really meant as a practice to support you and help you become kinder. And so you can be creative how you do it. Do it in a way it's your... Someone else here in the front of you? Oh, you go, please. Um, I, I, with that in mind, I have trouble... I feel much softer and sweeter in here when I'm doing it than I do at home. Is that just something that will come in time? Let's hope. <laughs> the, uh, often with all meditation practices, some people find it's a lot easier to do it in a the group. There's a, there's a focus, there's a sense of purpose, there's a sense of shared commonality, it's important, it's valuable. Uh, you do it at home, and you might be the only person at home doing it, or even in your neighborhood doing it. And so, like, you're the only one who's weird. <laughs> and so, like, you know, you, you like doing it, but you look around, and I hope no one notices. And, and so there's not the same kind of focus. So I, I don't know if that's your way, but there's, it's, I'm saying it's common for people to have that. And, um, and ultimately, you know, it's often, uh, what we want to do with any meditation practice is learn how to do it unassisted, without any support. Uh, and so um, with time, you want to learn how not to have, you know, some people you will use guided tapes you know, recordings for getting to meditation or use music or all kinds of things. And they're helpful up to a point. But really to become mature in this practice, you really want to learn it on your own. So it's actually good. I don't know if it's good exactly, but it's, um, the fact that it's harder at home shows you that you have more work to do. And rather than abandoning home, say, oh, great, you know, home is my gym. That's where I'm going to work out and you know, develop my heart. up here in the front of you. So I cycled through a number of people in each of my uh, sittings and I found that uh, it did help me feel and maybe even be kinder because I found myself saying, you know, well, if I really care about these people, I mean, I want them to be happy, peaceful, um, at ease, uh, healthy, safe. I really ought to be calling them more often. <laughs> I really ought to be stopping by their desk and talking with them. And so, because, because otherwise it's hypocritical, I thought. So it, mm-hmm. it was interesting and uh, beneficial. I don't know if it has to be a hypocritical, but it's quite beautiful that uh, once we start feeling some more kindness, that we want to act on it. And so and that, act, that action, is, again, it shouldn't be a should. <laughs> But rather, it's just a much more natural. So, oh, you feel kinder as so you stop and say, how are you? You know, it's, it flows more of a natural, uh, something natural. It's beautiful. I'm happy to hear that. 
And uh, doing loving-kindness practice has a surprising way of bubbling up in life where uh, you go around and, you know, you're cultivating, kind of like you're cultivating a habit, and that habit pops up in unusual times. Like you could be a difficult meeting at work and, uh, and you're kind of irritated by the people and then suddenly remember, yes, but yesterday I was sitting and doing loving-kindness for him. <laughs> you know, and then you oh, may you be happy. And then suddenly your whole thing changes because you've established a connection through your practice that you didn't have otherwise. Someone else? One more maybe? So way in the back, if you can pass there. Thank you. Unclear on one thing. Uh, at this time, are we just doing like uh, loving kindness meditation at home without the mindfulness and without the forgiveness? Uh-huh. Is that the way it's done, or is it? You know, yeah, that's what I recommended for this uh, for this four weeks of this class. Is uh, just uh, just mostly just do loving kindness at home. The forgiveness we did last week. If you find it beneficial to do that at the beginning, that's a nice thing to do. It's part of it's kind of part of the package of loving kindness. Some people will do some of it. Some people don't do it. But yeah, I think just uh, the idea in these four weeks to just kind of immerse yourself in as much as you can when you meditate to just do this to get a sense of it, a feel for it. Explore it. So, um, kindness is one of the great pleasures of life. And um, it's a pleasure which uh, some people see as a vice, some people see as being a weakness, some people see as a as something that makes them uh, much too vulnerable to the world around them to other people. But part of the function of uh, this practice is to discover, uh, in doing loving-kindness practice, a strength to it, not a weakness, um, a, um, a uh, safety and not a vulnerability. And what was the first one I said? But um, What? Vice. Sorry? Vice. A vice, yeah. It's, not, it's a virtue rather than a vice. And, um, and uh, in that, uh, you have access to one of the great pleasures of, of being a human being. And it's a pleasure that uh, directly connects us to other people. It's a social pleasure. It's one that speaks to the social nature of being a human being. And the social world is a complex world, but um, it's a world that can be quite beautiful and one that we all need. We need each other in profound ways. And um, even though we don't, even when we pretend we don't, and so uh, kindness is one of those ways that uh, one of those links that connects uh, us with our fellow humanity, our, with, our shared humanity with each other, and uh, one where um, not only do we, do we inspire to care for others, but also um, uh, allow ourselves to be cared for, to be open to other people as well. It's a beautiful thing. In Buddhism, um, uh, they emphasize, um, you know, Buddhism doesn't make a strong dichotomy, as sometimes in the West, between being, um, being self-concerned and concerned for others. The idea of being selfish versus being altruistic. Um, in, in Buddhism, the, the idea is that this, these two systems, the self, who you are, and others, are really in, uh, together and they overlap uh, in, a, in a important ways. And how, if you benefit yourself uh, in spiritual ways, then uh, who you are, how you are, will benefit others. 
Uh, so, for example, if you do loving-kindness uh, meditation, um, then you're more likely to go to that horrible business meeting and uh, be at the meeting in a kinder way that supports other people. You benefited from doing the practice yourself, but then it comes out to you benefiting other people in other situations. And um, so, in that spirit, then, Buddhism says it's one of the ways it supports uh, uh, the inspiration to do loving-kindness practice is to appreciate the benefits that the benefits you get from doing it. And some people protest. Isn't it supposed to be about, you know, it's not supposed, not supposed to be about me. <laughs> how, can it be, how can it be kind when I'm focusing on me? It's, kindness has to be about giving up self and just focusing on other people. There's such a strong bias in that direction. But Buddhism doesn't have that strong bias. Certainly Buddhism says you can be conceited in problematic ways, narcissistic, but, but um, there's a healthy self-concern as well. So they say there's a lot of benefits. And people, when people do intensive uh, loving-kindness meditation, they memorize 11 benefits that come from doing the practice. And unfortunately, I haven't memorized them. Or I have, but I don't remember them right now. Once upon a time. But there are things like um, uh, you fall asleep easily, you wake up easily, you'll have a clear complexion. Um, and then they say, and some of them are a little bit more kind of Supernaturally, say that um, that um, uh, weapons won't harm you, <laughs> and um, uh, people and supernatural be- beings will like you. Um, so it goes on like that. Different things. Um, oh, you'll have pleasant dreams. There's another benefit. So sometimes, uh, you know, reflecting on how you benefit from it. And one of the ways that I think is helpful to do loving-kindness practice is to do it in a way that physiologically is beneficial. So when I do loving-kindness practice, with each phrase, I kind of relax my body. I kind of relax and let the phrase, let the meaning of the phrase kind of move through, saturate into my cells, into my bones. And that relaxation and opening and spreading of the body certainly is a counter to the tendency some people have of bracing themselves against life, tightening up and contracting. And that's beneficial, that deep relaxation. And uh, the fact that there's this pleasant emotion, pleasant feeling that comes with it is uh, quite nice. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to appreciate that. It's okay to appreciate that. It's okay to want that for yourself. You don't have to be so focused on being kind to others. You don't notice that you're benefiting from it. It's a pleasure for oneself. You protect yourself uh, from danger. Um, I don't know about, you know, absolutely from all weapons every, every time, but... Uh, I've been in situations of... um, uh, I've known people who have been in situations of harm. Uh, They were were being held up by gunpoint or knife point. I've known people who, as the victim, blew it. They ended up... One friend of mine, he ended up in jail (laughs) by how he behaved afterwards. And uh, I've known people who have been able to stay calm and express such kindness that they may be able to get out out of the danger. Um, there's no guarantee that that can do it, but it increases your chance of protecting yourself if you're kind. And um, that comes out of you and the people feel that from you. So those are benefits we can get. But also part of kindness is a system where it also speaks to that part of us which is other, uh, uh, concerned with other people. Where we feel our common humanity, we feel that others have the similar capacity of uh, joys and sorrows as we do. And we kind of, uh, the natural capacity we have for empathy. They say, talking about mirror, mirror nowadays, mirror neurons. We have these, these nerves, neur- neurons in the brain. 
got this great capacity of mirroring or picking up what other people are doing. And um, so like my son who's into baseball, my little kid, he has a very good uh, um, visual memory. If he sees someone else uh, move their body in baseball, like you know, some professional player, uh, he'll, he'll, he sees that and he can mimic it beautifully. There's like this mimicking kind of ability. And, um, and so he does it with baseball, but we all have the capacity to in some way or other pick up and mirror within us people's kindness or people's anger. And so we pick that up and it affects us. If we, uh, but we, we pick up their suffering, we pick up their joys. And to feel that very, it's kind of a, kind of a deep, you know, almost pre-verbal kind of capacity to feel other people. Some people feel more than others. But that, uh, kindness comes out of that arena, that place. And that place of that deep sensitivity to others uh, is not a cognitive thing. We think about what's a good idea of being. But it comes more when we relax enough and drop our stress, drop our anxiety, drop our preoccupations and our thoughts and really can take in someone else. And then there comes a kind of uh, natural caring for others. And kindness then is not just about bringing benefit to yourself, but it's really a caring for other people as well. And so people talk about it being kind of a love, loving concern for others. Now, so far in this class, we've talked about doing loving kindness towards oneself, a benefactor and a friend. And the idea here is that these are people for whom there's some pre-existing good feelings for. You know, I, mean, I hope that you have good feelings for your friends. <laughs> you know, otherwise it wouldn't be your friends. You're friendly to your friends, right? And so you build on that friendliness that you have and you focus that friendliness. You don't just let it be, you know, chance pop up whenever it happens to pop up. Um, you don't let it be scattered by other kinds of concerns. Uh, so you have an unbroken, focused uh, involvement with that friend, friendship or that love or that caring that you have for someone whom you already have. The next step of loving kindness now is to move and do loving kindness to what's called a neutral person. And a neutral person is a person whom you have no particular like or dislike for. It's usually someone you don't really know very well. Um, and uh, so the, uh, it could be someone that you encounter every day, but you never think about. You never really let them in. Some people, for some people, it's the it's the mail carrier. You know, they don't really, they hardly see the mail carrier as in distance, and it never occurred to them to think about them or care about them or anything. Or a store clerk you see a few times and never occurs to you, or some coworker who's in another part of the building. You, you know, you know, you never really, you maybe hardly even know their name. Um, there's no reason to think about that person. And so you realize there's no liking, disliking, there's no charge around knowing them. And so um, that's a neutral person. Some people protest and say that there are no neutral people, that their mind will automatically, no matter what, you see anybody, their mind will judge them, good or bad, some way. That's just how their mind works. Um, So then it's it's a neutral person, someone whom that's, there's not much charge around it. You don't really know, you don't have a good basis for it. And so if you like them or not like them, it's basically kind of, you know, neutral. And then the end of the task is to start uh, seeing if you can find goodwill, feelings of kindness, feelings of caring, feeling of friendliness, uh, loving kindness, whatever the word is for you that works. Uh, find some way, can you uh, view them, see them through, through the eyes of friendliness, or friendship, or kindness, or love. And what does it take to do that? 
This is a big jump for some people to do. Uh, For some people it's an easy jump. Some people find it easier to have boundless love for people they don't know. (laughs) And as soon as they know them, then it gets complicated. (laughs) Kind of love in the abstract. People in the abstract are fine. But uh, but in the in the, but some people find this a big big uh, leap because why should you care for someone who you don't know? Why should you care for someone who doesn't do anything for you? Uh, some people have the exchange idea of love or friendship that I'm only going to f- care for someone who cares for me. And so if there's a neutral person and someone I don't know, why should I bother? And so part of the task of moving to the neutral person it's a very profound task, a very important one is to begin exploring what your relationship is to people in general, what's your relationship to caring or feeling friendship to people, what are the blockages and limitations you have for being able to do that, and questioning those, exploring, uh, questioning, are they really true, some of the limitations you have? Are there, uh, are, do, are there ways of understanding your relationship to other people where you can understand that, yes, it makes sense to have kindness, I could feel kindness for them? Um, and then um, and you find that and then begin kind of stretching yourself to begin actually um, expressing or evoking or uh, meditating on whatever goodwill, whatever kindness that you can have towards these people who are basically, have been kind of non-entities in your life up until now, kind of neutral people. Um, one of the beautiful things that can happen um, is... Um, well, after a short while, the person no longer is neutral. <laughs> after a while, you know, you start feeling, you, if you're successful, you start feeling this friendly feeling towards them. And um, there are many people have done loving-kindness practice and uh, are a neutral person and later had an encounter with a neutral person and they just light up, wow, my neutral person, how wonderful, you know, and they, and, you know, they feel all this warmth in the neutral person, what's going on? <laughs> And um, worse things could happen. Uh, some people find it helpful uh, in doing, uh, very important initially especially, when you be able to do loving kindness towards a neutral person, that they remember that this is a private practice. It doesn't have to translate to action. You might be inspired to act, but it doesn't have to. And some people who are, who are afraid to open up feel too vulnerable or feel like maybe people will take advantage of them, of them if they know or something, um, uh, we just keep it private. Just, you know, I, I, and they don't light up when the neutral person comes. They just kind of look down and <laughs> you know, stay with their fear. But inside their heart, they know that they've opened to them and care for them. Some people find it help, more helpful that way. So it's a big leap. So what I thought we would do today is do two meditation sessions um, and we do one, it's kind of a repeat of last week with a little different variation and uh, just kind of self and benefactor and friend and, um, and just kind of explore that world, feel that world. And then uh, we'll take a uh, stop and we'll talk a little bit and then we'll go and start doing it towards the neutral people and you get to explore what that's like. And... Um, It's a, it's a, many people recognize that one of the reasons to do loving-kindness practice towards oneself or do it towards people that it's easy to do and generate some feeling of kindness or love or goodwill is that once you feel that goodwill in yourself, it's a lot easier to have empathy or understanding for the uh, other people's capacity for happiness, well-being, 
to, to have that pleasure, uh, to care for them, to want them to be safe. And um, uh, our capacity to be altruistic or loving or caring for others is directly connected to how happy we are. So to want ourselves to be happy and feel the pleasure of that kindness is really helpful to be able to open up to other people. If we get tight and you know feel like I have to be kind now and you know I'm going you know I'm obligated these Buddhists are insisting you have to be kind and I better get going here and do it quickly and you know it doesn't work. You know it can't be an obligatory system. It's something that comes out of being relaxed, open, and a kind of a willingness of the heart in that process. So being happy with oneself is really a support for that. So let's do a, a, a session here. So if you'd like to stand for a minute, you've been sitting, if you want to just stretch and feel, stretch out, shake out. Your body feels fresher. That what we're doing is exploring a very significant aspect of human life. And by saying it that way, I'm, I'm saying exploring is more important than succeeding. So don't set yourself up that you have to succeed in some kind of naive way about you're supposed to end up being kinder and happier at the end of the evening. Um, it might be more significant in a, bit, in, in a way to actually have the opposite happen and to, ex- and to explore that part of you and to understand what's happening in some significant way. We're exploring something as opposed to necessarily um, succeeding in the stated way. And that exploration, hopefully, is a kind thing to do. It's a generous thing to do for yourself, to understand yourself, to see yourself well. Which motivates me to say one more thing before we do the practice here. In the, I've been a, a Buddhist teacher now for probably about 20 years in doing this. And I've met with a lot of people one-on-one, talk about their life, their inner life, their struggles in their life, um, support them and help them. And... Um, one of the, you know, I've, met, I've talked to people who have all kinds of tragedies, great difficulties, traumas in their life, struggles. And one of the greatest um, difficulties that I've encountered repeatedly, like the single most difficult thing that uh, people really contend with, sometimes more difficult than loss of a child or you know, spouse or something, is um, the suffering that comes when as a child, uh, the person was not seen. To, for a child not to be seen is just about the same as not to be loved. And there's something about being really seen that touches uh, the place of being loved or cared or connected to. And so this aspect of using the practice to explore ourselves, to discover, is part of the seeing of this. And so here we're learning to see what's here and so again, don't worry if it doesn't go so well. Don't worry if you're distracted, your mind wanders away. Uh, you're asked just to see yourself, see that, see what's going on. And ask yourself, what can I see here? And that seeing is a kind thing to do. So begin by taking a comfortable posture. And gently close your eyes. If you're sleepy, you're welcome to keep your eyes open, if that's helpful. And begin by 
caring for your body and your posture. So you might sway back and forth, rock back and forth, forward and backward, sideways. Just kind of align, to better align yourself, find the balance point, the place to be comfortable in your body as you sit here. Maybe move your head around a little bit on your neck, just see if you can find a good place for your neck to be, your head to be balanced. And then sitting still, and in the stillness of the moment here, becoming aware of your body, not so much thinking about your body, but aware of how the body experiences itself. Aware of the sensations of your body, the vitality, energy of your body. And then within this body, of yours, take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Breathe in deeply. And then as you exhale, soften your body, relax. And then let your breathing return to normal. And feeling your body some more. Without needing to change anything or Relax in any kind of way. See if you can look at your body, feel your body with some kindness. A kindness that takes the form of wishing that there would be less tension in your body, less pain. The wish that you could feel at home, comfortable in this body. This body that has been with you for so long. Exhale. Perhaps you can send a wave of softening through your body.
Some people find it helpful to bring their attention to the area of their heart and perhaps there in the area to feel some tenderness. See if you can find any place of tenderness to be tender. The kind of tenderness that is closely akin to kindness. And then breathing in and out through the heart center to see if you can find, to look at yourself, to feel yourself with kindness, kind regard, the kind of goodwill where you wish yourself happy just as you'd wish someone else to be happy. So this person that you are. And it isn't that you have to then now become happy, but there's a certain kind of pleasure or satisfaction, lightening up that can happen just by having the wish of goodwill, the desire that it would be a good idea if I can really be happy. It's quite reasonable and important that each person should be their own friend And then very quietly, silent, silently in your own head, with a voice that perhaps expresses some friendliness, kindness, repeat these following phrases to yourself. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be at ease. And as you say it for each phrase, especially at the end of it, see if you can relax in your body. Let the last word be a softening agent through your shoulders, your chest, your back rib cage, your arms. 
I'll repeat again to yourself. May I be happy. May I be safe. be healthy. It can help if you don't try too hard to be kind towards yourself. But a simple, maybe ordinary goodwill, kindness that might feel have some might feel pleasant or enjoyable. And then let yourself feel that pleasure as you say the phrases. May I be happy? May I be safe? May I be at ease. So then next, bring to mind a benefactor, someone who is someone for whom you feel gratitude for, gratitude towards. Whether gratitude or your goodwill towards them comes easily. Perhaps remembering a time when they were happy or a smile on their face. Perhaps feeling your gratitude, feeling your goodwill for this person. See if you can find within yourself the wish, 
the desire, the aspiration that they have a happy life, a safe life, a healthy life. How wonderful that would be, what a delight that would be to know that their life was settled in this way. And then give voice to that wish. Repeat the following phrases. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. And as you say the words towards your benefactor, again, at the end of each phrase, see if you can relax and open your body, open your heart, soften, even just a teeny bit. And connect to that part of your goodwill that's pleasant, that's enjoyable, satisfying. There might be other thoughts coming on, but stay open to the thoughts that are help you feel delighted, contented, satisfied. How wonderful it is that you should, your heart should have the capacity to wish goodwill. So then say the phrases again. May you be happy. May you be healthy. And then bring to mind a friend 
for whom your goodwill maybe is not as free-flowing as a benefactor, but for whom it's relatively easy to have feelings of friendliness for. In the relationship it might be complicated with other feelings at times, but for now, see if you can focus on the goodwill you have. Perhaps visualizing the person here as if they're here in front of you or sensing them. Noticing you're finding the desire, the aspiration, the intention you have for their happiness. And then repeat the phrases for them. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. And then see if you can bring to mind some benefactors or relatives or friends who care about you and for whom you have good feelings for. Could be one, two, or three of them. Bring to mind. And the people for whom with whom you feel relatively safe. When, they're, when you're with them, there's a high degree of safety. You can relax, lower your guard. And imagine that this one or two or three people are sitting around you, sitting with you here, close in. And you can relax, feel safe. And in this safe place, your heart can open a little bit and you can take in, feel their friendliness towards you, their goodwill for you, their caring for you.
And as you feel their friendliness towards you and the safety, the ease you feel with them. And perhaps if it does, your heart does open somehow, relax somehow. Notice, is it now easier for you to feel goodwill towards them? To feel your kindness, your love for them? So then to end the sitting, you can take a few long, slow, deep breaths and feel your body. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. It's unusual in our life to uh, give this kind of focused attention on loving-kindness, on goodwill, on kindness, like this. Uh, Unless you are... The the few times when this happens is if you're head over heels in love with someone and you can't stop thinking about them. But but usually in that kind of, you know, romantic kind of focus that people have, it's it gets much more complicated than just kind of simple goodwill. But to have this kind of ongoing focus, you know, it's, it's quite unusual. And here we are, a group of people doing it. And um, for some of you, perhaps it's kind of a foreign idea to do this, to have this kind of focus. It's an unusual thing. So it would be nice, uh, before we try the next meditation, to hear a little bit from you what it was like to do that meditation. Anybody like to share? I know it's a little bit hard sometimes to speak right after a meditation, but perhaps someone will still willing to... What worked for you in that meditation? What was difficult? What didn't work? What, was, what did you learn about yourself? So. Last time when I thought of a benefactor, I thought of my mom who passed away, and all these regrets and everything came up. And then tonight, I, when you said something about gratitude, think of someone you feel gratitude toward, I thought of my sister, and it was a lot different. It was, it was a lot easier to be present in the moment for, for that. And I, I know last week, I, I, when you were talking about with the other woman about what her patterns are, I realized the pattern for me is I spend so much time 
regretting or thinking about the past that I'm not present to what's here. <laughs> so I think that was really helpful to hear that and then to, to think about my sister today. So, so to do a course correction kind of thing. Yeah. Choose someone for whom there isn't so much regret. and yeah. It reinforces your tendency to think about the past and have regrets. Yeah. Beautiful. It's great. So, and it, I really liked the feeling of um, having my family close around me, putting loving energy towards me and then it, yeah it was definitely even easier to put the loving energy back out there so great thank you so thank you in the ancient texts <clears throat> this is kind of just a, a mention in the ancient texts that describe this practice you know this is an ancient ancient practice in Buddhism but when they say when, you ch- when you're choosing other people to do uh, loving kindness towards they recommend uh, choosing uh, living people and uh, because sometimes there can be uh, it can be other complicated feelings or other feelings can come up if you choose someone who's passed away. Um, and generally, the Western teachers don't say that; uh, they just kind of leave it kind of open because for some people it works to conclude the dead. But just uh, you know, know that that's the ancient advice. Over here. with the people that I chose were people that I like 100% trust and I brought them here and with that there was just a sense of ease and it was of course very easy to wish them well and happiness and um, having that feeling it was just um, a natural state of ease and you know being okay beautiful so So it's, it's important to have that experience and know that and then um, you use that as a foundation to see that you can you, uh, keep that ease, keep that openness, that sense of safety um, to people who don't love you. And that, that's part of when we start stretching ourselves. That's part of the, what can be a very challenging part of this practice is to be able to find that, keep that going uh, in people normal, who don't, you don't have all this exchange, this mutual support, this, they don't look at you, you know, with 100% you know, loving acceptance. And what does it take? What does it take to keep your heart open to them? Something very strong, a bond that it just didn't matter. There was no... So. Great, beautiful. So over here on the stage. Um, one thing I noticed when I was thinking of uh, benefactors um, tend to be people who are older than me, mostly by maybe a generation, somebody like my parents' age. And... Um, it's interesting to me how I have to feel empowered a little bit to think that they're going to need my well wishes. Um, I found that really interesting. Ah, so kind of like why would they need my well wishes? Because they're the ones supposed to take care of me, <laughs> something like that. And then uh, related to that, I was thinking how easy it, how easy it is to have feelings of uh, loving kindness. Um, toward children and um, like specifically my nieces and my uh-huh. nephew and how uh, that comes really naturally because I am um, just naturally going to take care of them. Beautiful. So it's, it's important to recognize you know, these kinds of issues. You're questioning them and wondering about them and expanding yourself, grow, grow, grow with them. And the last thing you said, it's easy with your children or your nieces uh, it's really useful to know who it's easy for you to do it towards. 
and to uh, so and then to really t- uh, focus on that and let that grow, really recognize that, um, and then it's from that as a foundation that we begin seeing: can we now universalize this? So we're not denying the love we feel for individuals. We're not saying I shouldn't just I shouldn't feel loved, you know. I should, you know. But we're saying yes, it's great that I should feel this way. Now can I expand my circle to include more and more people to hold, that I can hold in a similar way in my heart? And that's the process of universal, universalizing this. And in the Buddhist tradition, it's called breaking down the barriers. So our, and there's no barriers to our love. It can be all-inclusive. There are people, in, uh, especially in Asia, in uh, like countries like Thailand, uh, whose primary spiritual practice is this loving-kindness practice. And you get into their, or, their, their orbit. <laughs> you know, and they just, they're just, like, this is, they're just uh, have this kind of tremendous radiance of kindness, of friendliness, of love. It's just palpable when you're in their presence because they spend years. That's what they've kind of focused on. Um, I'll mention, maybe, maybe I'll mention this a little bit next week, but... In Buddhism, there's some Buddhists who say, well, loving-kindness is kind of second best. It's kind of like to liberation. And there are other Buddhists, including the Buddha, who said that loving-kindness practice is the way to get liberated. It's not second-class practice. You know, it's really, to, uh, to do in a very focused way, to develop this universal, expanded, breaking down the barriers, is a way of helping the heart become spiritually free. Anyway, thank you. I'm happy, sorry, I'm happy you said it's not about success because I was far away from there. In the first part of the exercise where I had to express loving kindness for myself, there was almost an element of guilt and my mind and feelings were wandering towards a particular family member who I thought was more deserving of. With more what? Towards a family member yeah. rather than having the loving kindness towards myself. So there was almost an element of guilt. Yes. That I don't deserve it, somebody else deserves it more than myself. When we came to the third part, where I had to feel loving kindness towards friends and some some other people, I could actually feel myself holding back the the feelings of loving kindness. I mean, almost as if there was a sense of envy. And on the last part, where I was surrounded by a group of people, even though at a rational level I know that they love me, uh, somehow I was experiencing self-doubt as to whether they really feel that way about me or no, with the exception of my deceased dad. Uh Great. So... So, as I said earlier, I think maybe you missed it earlier, but uh, to have all these things uh, revealed in the course of the practice is one of the functions of the practice. Because then you can address these issues. You can question them, you can wonder, are they true? Some of them might be kind of true, and so what does that mean? What do I have to do? How do I have to grow? What, do I have to, what are the issues I have to address? It kind of it flushes out a lot of wonderful things. Some people uh, get discouraged when they see, you know, I said earlier, self-knowledge is seldom good, good news. And some people find that discouraging. Uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Buddhist circles, you're supposed to feel encouraged because, great, <laughs> I see I have, this, I have this shortcoming. Now that I see it, I can address it. 
you know, rather than being victimized by it and feel terrible, poor me, uh, you don't feel, you know, is wow, great. Let's see what I can do about this. It's not going to be easy. It might take a long time. But I'm going to focus, I'm going to be forward-looking to see what I can do about it rather than backward-looking and be kind of ground down the dust by it. (laughs) Okay. So, if you want to stand again before the next sitting, stretch, shake out, whatever you need to do to... So again, um, taking some care with your body, settling into your body, relaxing. And if it's helpful, gently closing your eyes. taking again a few minutes to feel yourself in your body, perhaps in your body, feeling the contact of your body with your chair or your cushion. Really feel you're here. This is where you are. Taking some deep breaths, <clears throat> again, to, to breathe in deeply, to almost feel like it's a massage from the inside, stretching yourself out. And as you exhale, <clears throat> softening, relaxing your body. Return to normal. Breathing in, breathing out. Feeling the rhythm of breathing in your body. you sit here quietly, see if you can relax something within you so you could feel safer, safer in your heart, safer here, just for these few minutes at least. Any safer, relaxing, And 
the safety and relaxation of your heart, of your being. Can there be tenderness or kindness towards yourself? Hold yourself in kind regard. finding some place within you where you can wish yourself well, thinking maybe how wonderful it would be, how nice it would be that if you could have some sustained well-being, happiness, joy in your life, safety in your life. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to want the best for oneself. So you might say these phrases silently to yourself. May I be happy. May I be safe. be healthy. May I be at ease. And then see if you can bring to mind some person who might qualify as a neutral person. You don't have any, you don't really know well at all, no particular liking or disliking. Chance acquaintance, a stranger, do you remember? Someone you see occasionally but don't even know their name. a clerk or a distant neighbor or if you can visualize the person that can help or just think about the person maybe remembering a time that you saw them And perhaps considering a little bit the common humanity you share with a person. This person has a capacity for joys and sorrows like you. 
this person perhaps had parents at one point who loved them, cared for their happiness. And in considering this person, see if you can find within you the idea that it would be lovely, wonderful, if this person could be happy. May it be so. It'd be wonderful if this person could be safe and healthy. Wonderful would be to see the person with a smile. thinking of this person and your wishes for them. See if you can say the phrases of loving kindness. And as you say it, see if you can kind of direct or send out towards them your goodwill, your best wishes, your well-wishing. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. Perhaps you can even look at them with the same eyes, same gaze (coughs) that one of your benefactors would look at you, care about you. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy.
And as you say the phrases, perhaps at the end of each phrase or as part of it, see if you can relax something, open something inside of yourself, as if you're opening yourself towards this person, relaxing towards this person, so your goodwill can flow more easily or cleanly. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. And now as we say the phrases one last time, give some little extra focus on what's lovely or pleasurable about opening your heart and feeling this goodwill, well-wishing to someone else. And as you say the phrases and open up and relax as you say them towards, let yourself feel that pleasure, that loveliness. May you be happy. May you be safe.
And then to take a couple of deep breaths, feeling your body, getting ready to end the sitting. So for some of you, I imagine this is a a first to take someone who you've never really given much attention to before in your life, a neutral person, never really considered much, and to really see if you can massage your heart, explore yourself and see, and then sustain for a few minutes here. Uh, At least try to sustain for a few minutes. Um, Just uh, well-wishing, goodwill for this person that you've never had those kinds of thoughts, feelings for ever before a neutral person. So what was that like for some of you? Was that challenging? Was that uh, relief? Was that... What was it like to, to now open to include the neutral person? Do you know where the mic is? Um, for me, it was not that difficult to, to wish well for somebody I didn't really know, but I find it it's easier to get distracted. Um, and so this actually goes to a different question I had, which is, um, you know, is it, if, if you find yourself wondering, does, does it, you know, first I'm thinking, well, all right, that person's not working. I'll be, go be, new, you know, loving kindness towards somebody else. <laughs> is it better to do that or is it better to just sort of try and pick one person and focus on it until the feeling gets really deep or really strong? Well, the principle here is to start with where it's easiest and get it really going and so it's strong or stable or you feel like something, you know, it's established. And then you go to where it's a little bit harder and a little bit harder to keep working that way. And if it gets, one gets, somebody gets too hard, you lose, lose that sense of compassion, loving kindness then you can go back to where it's easier to get it going again and then open up to that more neutral person, more difficult person. So you kind of go back and forth a little bit. But, but with the neutral person, you know, there's other issues going on sometimes. And sometimes you want to just keep working that one person even if the mind gets distracted. So for example, um, neutral people are boring. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, they're not, they're not, they haven't done anything for you in your life. They're not benefiting you in any way. You know, like... You know, you know, you don't know them anything about them. You don't know the inside of their life. You know, you know, there's nothing established, and so, and we're so used to having kindness or love or friendliness that's based on something, some exchange, something we get from them. They love us, so we might as well love them. And uh, and here, this is a person who like, doesn't have any other juicy things that going for us, and so it might actually the fact that we're distracted points to the fact that um, how difficult it is to sustain goodwill without a hook, without a personal connection some deeper way. And what we're trying to do is to find how is it I can really get uh, concentrated and focused on someone who is, maybe not, they're boring inherently, but I'm, you know, I don't really know them well enough. 
so, uh, so two things are being developed. One is the capacity to see them in a deeper way so that there's kind of interest there in them. And the other is we're also uh, strengthening our capacity to stay concentrated. And so uh, to develop concentration, it's kind of like it's fine to lift you know, one-pound weights, but at some point you want to graduate to two-pound weights. And it's, you know, tr- you know, it might be trying to do that for a while, so the neutral person's like, you know, you know now, now you're exercising in a harder place. So that's actually another question I had, which is if you can tell, and for me, the, what, this wasn't because the person was neutral or, you know, my best friend or anything like that, but if I'm just having trouble concentrating, is it better to keep trying to do this over and over again rather than switching to like a concentration meditation like counting the breath or something like that's that? That's up to you. Uh, some people will do... Um, uh, concentration practice for, on breath first to get a stable concentration going and then switch to loving kindness. Some people will use loving who are very distracted will use loving kindness to get concentrated. Some people find that a very useful way of practicing. And one of the, one of the reasons to do loving kindness practice is not to feel loving but to get concentrated. And, uh, and some people, you know, they, just kind of, they, they keep the focus, they do the phrases over and over again. And the phrases do have a little bit of a mantra quality. I mean, you don't want to rest into the mantra, you know, like a mantra. Just, it's the meaning of the words which are important. But they, the rep, repeating them, some people find it easier to develop concentration that way. So you have to decide for yourself, you know, what's the best strategy here? You know, go back to the breath for a while. If it, loving, so if the loving kindness practice is not working, you're distracted. Then if you have access to getting concentrated with the breath, maybe go back to the breath for a while. And I don't mean to talk the mic, but I did have one other relatively quick question, which is, if you're, especially in something where you're talking about a neutral person, you kept using the word you, you know, may you be happy, yeah. rather than may he be happy or may she be happy. Is well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if it was he or she for you. Well, no, but I mean, is it, is it better to think of something as directed, and I'm referring directly to you in the second person versus uh, the third person? Okay, so that's a, I like your question because it gives me a chance to say um, there's, um, there's no shoulds here. So you experiment a little bit. If for you it's easier to say, may he be happy rather than you, then do it that way. Some people find that you is more directed and you feel like more in contact. He is like, you know, like a third person. So, but, so you have to kind of uh, experiment and see what works for you. If these phrase, any of these phrases don't work for you, you might have better phrases for yourself. So come up with better phrases that can, you know, are more connected to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, but so it's not like... Classically, they wouldn't say no. Always second person. It's not third. You know, third person. Some people like some people like to see, some people like to say their the person's name if they know it. You know, may may you know Joanna be happy? May John be happy? You know, and that helps them. Someone else over here. So I had a somewhat similar experience in that uh, I found myself you know, focusing on people that I hardly knew and. Um, and similarly, I kind of would focus for a little bit and then move off to another person. And then and I was saying, well, you know, gee, I'm not focused. And then I relaxed. And then I found a person, actually, in my mind that I really could focus on. And it was good. I felt really comfortable. I felt some real compassion for this particular woman, which I happen to see today, so I've never met her before. And I was really able to wish her well, and it felt good. And then what was interesting was I then moved into more of a challenging space once I'd kind of felt comfortable there. 
where I went to places where I, I was having issues with someone. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I actually then kind of repeated that feeling of wishing them well. And so I found that by going to the neutral person first, it was actually easier then to now apply those same feelings to someone when I had more of a challenge of doing that with. Great, great. So that was a little synopsis of next week. Next week, we'll, we'll, next week we'll include the difficult people. And so you kind of on your own, kind of intuited to go into that. That's great. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to jump into the difficult people, the enemies of our life, you know, just like cold, you know, zero to 60, and I'll love you. <laughs> but, uh, but to kind of, you know, kind of start this process where we start where it's easiest and then universalize it um, is used a lot easier for a lot of people. And it's a, a, a very, very profound thing. I mean, I can't, I can't underscore enough how profound it is to be able to find a way to universalize a love, to be able to love someone who's very difficult, someone who may be considered an enemy. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's possible to do it. And it has really transformative things in people's lives. I think so as I did that also, I also came back to myself. So it was, it was an interesting round robin where I came back to myself and I now got another little bit deeper Beautiful. about those feelings with myself. So the spiral, or deeper yeah. into it. Beautiful. So good. And so that, that, all, that spiraling can happen day If you do it every day, you, you, know, you, you do the circles and the people and it kind of deepens and deepens. So I saw someone else in the back, yes? Well, I noticed the uh, first time we cycled through, uh, I felt really indifferent to wishing this person uh, all this goodwill. And I noticed that I was being indifferent. And then we cycled through the second time, or got into the second time, and something opened up, and I felt an affinity flowing for this person that I couldn't feel kind of before the opening occurred. And I kind of realized at that point uh, the common denominator of affinity kind of raised for everybody to a certain degree. It was with that neutral person, when they came up there, all the prior people also came up too. It was it was an interesting experience. Beautiful, yeah, that's great. I love it hearing it. So, um, so um, if uh, any of this is challenging, um, be happy. <laughs> it's a good challenge to have. And uh, if you have, and uh, be very careful with the belief systems that kick in. Uh, you know, you don't kind of say, "Oh, you know, you know, not that kind of person. That person doesn't. That kind of person doesn't deserve it." Or, you know, it's fine to do it to the people I love, but this, you know, neutral people. That's just now it's getting too sentimental, you know, or now it's getting too, you know, you know, I don't know what. And, uh, you know, you know really, uh, look at what you do with your thoughts and your beliefs and how you pick them up, how you react. You know, don't, don't take anything for granted in this. Question everything, especially if it feels like it's limiting you. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, some people just kind of automatically believe what they think. But if, the, if what you're believing in, in, inhibits your capacity for doing this practice, question it. Not that necessarily that it's wrong, what you believe, but don't automatically believe it. Question, maybe even talk to friends about it. I'm doing this practice. They, the instruction was to now include neutral people. 
but I have all these reservations about doing it towards these neutral people, all these difficulties. Uh, can we talk about it? Would you like to talk, have, have coffee with me or tea and we can talk about you know, my challenges with neutral people? <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, anyway, it's a very profound process and it's not necessarily easy, but it's really worthwhile. And, uh, and next week we'll talk about difficult people, which is one of the really fascinating areas to do it in. Um, I can't, many people have uh, had the experience of having some kind of conflict with someone that seemed insurmountable. And then instead of fixing the problem, started doing loving kindness to the person. And somehow the problem went away. You know, no one knows the mechanism of this. But somehow when we change our attitude, maybe people pick it up. They, they, they sense something in the air or in our, you know, in our, and it makes a difference. Anyway, so next week we'll do uh, uh, difficult people. Like next week's the last week. We'll do difficult people, and then we'll uh, go from there into uh, the uh, kind of the universal category. That's one of kind of a larger category still that I'll explain next week. There is uh, another handout if you'd like to take one that um, reviews some of the things I've talked about today and some other things. Uh, and um, so, if you'd like, you can take it. Maybe Bill, you mind doing it again? Sure putting it out on a chair, maybe a couple of chairs, so it's easy to get with all these people. Oh, and this is that last week's? Are those are the, just a few of the first two handouts, the pink ones, if you weren't here, or pink and yellow. And so if you didn't, uh, if you didn't pick one up and like the handouts with the other instructions, you're welcome to that. And, um, and um, it's certainly my wish that all of you We'd be happy and have a happy week and that this practice somehow helps you to uh, experience some more ease and delight and happiness and love in your life. It would be great. It may be so. Thank you.